Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 142 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun is always the always affable, except for today, he looks like he's in a terrible mood. The good counselor, Chisholm Cook. Forced a smile there. <laughs> I'm good. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. I'll pick it up. Uh-huh. All right, how about those Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys look great, mm-hmm. but you're dodging. Did you see? Uh, so Baylor was losing like twenty eight to three or something. I checked the score while I was at Henry soccer game Saturday. You're going to talk about comebacks. Turned it. You're going like, to. I, I just the, like the, the totally comeback you want to. The comeback you want to talk about is our mm-hmm. woeful two and four or whatever they are. Baylor Bears versus. Dude, they were freaking down. Uh, thirty. They ended up being down thirty-five to three or something. I like checked out. I got to a dinner, an engagement party for my buddy, and said to my dad, "Whoa, how about those Bears today? They suck." And he goes, "They won." And I was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, they won thirty-six, thirty-five. Scored like uh thirty-three unanswered points or something like that." Awesome. Not even the most impressive comeback of the last six weeks, dude. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, there was no about, comeback. You backdoored into it, first of all. About you played being, the Diamondbacks, who didn't even start a real team the last game of the season. They had already clinched their wild whatever place in the playoffs they had. They didn't even put a real team out there. They play, You played minor league players. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We finished with the same record. The end. Doesn't matter. Rangers are in the playoffs. Nation remembers how you were speaking last week. Oh my! God. You're the one that started this whole baseball thing when the back I'm when sorry. the Ra- Rangers were whipping the Astros' ass. You're like, just wait, just wait. Okay, guess what? Rangers came all the way back. Should have won. They didn't. It is what it is. Don't care. I got my Rangers hat on. You don't have an Astros hat on. I guarantee you, you didn't watch one pitch of the pivotal series that you're so jacked up about. I watched every inning of the Rangers versus Mariners. And here's the dude. Oh, I'm here to gloat. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't watch a damn pitch. Guarantee you mark that down. It is the truth. Didn't listen to it on the radio. Only looked at the box score because you're, quote, so invested in the Astros. Kiss my ass. 2023 division champs. How's that? Currently on a bye week. Same record. You guys playing today? Uh, No, we're not. We just swept the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at 199 games. So, uh, yeah, shove it, bud. We'll see you in the uh, AL Championship Series. Um, I got my back. By the way, I got, I got, I got, I got fan feedback about rubbing your nose, your, your, your substantial schnoz in this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sure you did. Love it. You were just a, eat it. I can't say you're a bandwagoner because you're like a lifelong claim to be Astros fan, but you definitely are not invested until, oh, you're like, oh, the playoffs are here. Look, now we're division champs, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Just because I have same record, and you guys literally played a minor league team the last day of the season. I looked at they didn't even start anybody. Nobody. You played freaking double A players. Congrats, congratulations. Well, it was a good throw, eight to one butt kicking, like it should have been then. Whatever. <clears throat> we were pitching. Jam. We were playing against an all star game pitcher. First round. Just by. Throw that out there. I think we and were down. You know like what, Mickey? Six? Where are the White Sox? Weren't, you shut your trap. Down, Where are the they, White Sox? Weren't they six games behind? Even maybe six and a half at one point in August. I don't know. They weren't. I'm pretty sure, dude. 
it was pretty sure it was like two and a half, three games when I first started talking about it. And the next thing you know, it was six. And then the next thing you know, we were winning. And then you donked it off and we were up by three. So, you know, you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. The rain. And then you did nothing to deserve it. The rain. And then, and then, and then. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about Mickey and the White Sox. Oh, and the Bears. How god awful the Chicago Bears are. They were up 28 to 3 this week and lost 31 28. Yeah, Mickey's a diehard Chicago sports fan. Uh, Why are we talking about where his family originated from? So there, suck on that, Mickey. Since Mickey gets in on our text and just pokes the bear. You'd think that a guy whose team squeaked into the playoffs with a wild card would not be nearly as just jaded and I could have just, I told you I was just going to lay out on you and just pretend like we none of it existed. I'm fired up. Everyone kiss my ass. How about that? How about you know what's happened in the last seven years? Nobody cares again about the cheating World Series, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Altuve. I have a microphone on. Don't touch my shirt. Cheaters. You got one legit World Series title. Congrats. Now you're going to – what? what is your response? Oh, the catch, 2000, whatever, 2011. We're going back to Nelly Cruz again? Is that what we're going to do? Baby arm? Yeah, game six. Sucks. Mm, there we go. Anyway, proud How about Ranger this? fan here. How about you this? know what I watched we'll, this week, though, that was really good after I got my shots on Friday in my back? Uh, I finally watched Facing Nolan, the uh, HBO documentary. That was a awesome – production yeah i mean just Sweet. the fear that these hitters had one time he was thrown a no hitter and it was uh it was there was so there was two outs in the ninth inning and the dude brings out a table leg from the clubhouse and goes up there to face nolan with the with the, the leg of a table and the and he, he said after the game he's like it didn't matter i wasn't going to hit it anyway <laughs> wow never heard yeah. that story before uh-huh. I awesome. think that that would be more, more <laughs> prominent in baseball lore. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Great, great. Nolan, something great we can community. share as uh, division rival baseball fans, since he played for both of our squads and was in management for both of our. Mm-hmm. You know which which hat he has on in the Hall of Fame though. This one. Yeah, just saying. Whoop de do. Mm-hmm. Whoop de doo. Same record. Whoop de doo. Anyway. Only one team gets to put the little flag up, though. Mm-hmm. And that team plays in the juice box. Okay. Anyway, I'm done with this conversation. We'll see next week how things are shaking out. Maybe we'll see you in the division championships who won in that seven years that you guys haven't even made it. it We'll see. Five of them? Six of them? Do we have to go back down this road of how you guys had to lose 100 games for like five years in a row to actually get good? Sure got good, though. Well, we'll see what happens uh, this season and then next season. The future looks pretty bright for us. Good. Are we done here? Can we move on to a more important? Everybody things, knows what if happens. in fact there are any. Everybody knows what happens. I was getting text messages, so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we can move on because everybody knows. Everybody knows who won the division. Everybody knows who called it. This guy. <laughs> it'd be it'd be like one thing if you guys like finish with this much better record. They finished with the same damn record. Are we are we ready to acknowledge that I might be Nostradamus? Clearly, Nobody I'm seeing the gives a damn. I was right about my Trump prediction. I didn't know they were going to actually rig an election to steal it from him. Yeah. 
He was in court this week. Live, so, yeah. So, and all the, they're all smiling about how they know that there's the trumped up charges that are there. The judge posed for a photograph from the bench, like took that. his glasses off and like grinned and smiled for the camera. Yeah. What a charade. Unreal. Banana Republic, dude. Like you always say. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I got these injections in my back last Friday. Did you ever have those? I know you've had back surgery. Did you ever have the injections? Uh, yeah, once I think, and it didn't do anything for me. I feel a lot better. I'd say pain reduced by 80%. It is a bandaid though. I mean, it's not, it just takes away the pain. It doesn't fix the problem. So stretching and core exercises is like the future going forward to avoid surgery. Here's me though. After coming out of surgery, I don't know if you saw this or maybe your wife showed it to you. My wife has one question. <laughs> she wants to know when we can have sex. <laughs> um, that's a, a good Dr. Chambers. Is Dr. Chambers coming back? I doubt he will not. Okay. Told you. Let's go. <laughs> I see you have one of those too. I feel your pain. That's the nurse talking to my wife. So, best guess, what's, what do you think? Seven to ten days. There you go. Seven to no ten days. No way. Seven Sorry. All sexual activity must remain off the table. What if she's on top? <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty entertained by this, huh? I mean, I was still a little high off the anesthesia. No way. I don't know if I believe you. Yeah, it might pop out the steroid. That's the end. Women like gang up on people, even when they're coming out of anesthesia. Women like stick together. Couldn't really make out most of what they were saying back. What what was they said seven? I said, when can we do it? And she's like, well, the doctor, what are you having? And then she's like, the doctor's not coming back. And I was like, okay, well then you give me your best guess. And she was like, she looked at my wife and she goes seven to 10 days. And of course, Aaron's like, you know, I did the same thing to her when she came out of anesthesia after she had her knee surgery. But uh, yeah, that was the gist of it. Having fun post procedure. And it wasn't seven to 10 days. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm also something else I'm doing with my wife. We're doing sober October. So that's uh 30 days, 30, 31 days of sobriety, which I thought about in my adult life, Chisholm. I don't think I've ever gone 31 days of complete sobriety. Yeah, it's about time then. So be a total reset, which, you know, your liver is like the one thing in your body that like, well, not one thing, but actually rejuvenates. If you leave Yeah, I think you can take a lobe of a liver and grow a whole new liver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it should be good. From a uh, you know health standpoint, to do complete, you mean recalibration? versus drinking poison four or five nights a week? Yeah, should be good. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm 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 proud of you. Good luck. Yeah. Um, see how much weight I probably lose some poundage too. Probably drop. Yeah, I would imagine you'll lose seven or eight pounds. LBs. I imagine you're gonna feel a lot better, dude. I... How often yeah. do you you don't drink a lot? How often do you drink these days? Once a week. No, I try to keep it to like once every couple weeks. Yeah. I did have beer. 
I had like two on Friday and like one more on Saturday this weekend. That was the first time in several weeks. I found yeah. this really good. So my brother-in-law is really into sour beers. You ever drink yeah, any sour like beers? Yeah. Yeah, most of the time they're too much. Mm-hmm. I might like like a sip. They can be kind of surprisingly refreshing. Um, But I found this. I, I was walking through this HGB. This is the disc golfer? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was walking through HGB and they have this end cap in the beer aisle that always has like the kind of fanciest, most crafty stuff in it, you know, and it caught my eye. It was a dark cherry stout. So it was like, I like a stout, first of all, like the stouter the better, but I like like chocolate stouts. I like it unless it's motor oil. Yeah. It's like, why are you (laughs) drinking if you can't taste it? Um... So yeah, I like like imperial stouts and and like I said, like chocolate stouts and that kind of stuff. And um, I had a peanut butter stout one time that was I think made in Nebraska. That was amazing. Mm. But anyway, I was like dark cherry stout. Is that really like? Is it going to be a stout with just some sour? And like, how's that going to work? It's good, man. It just barely has a sourness to it, so it's yeah. not like over like most sour beers are just like ah, it's like drinking almost pickle juice kind of. Just like a, a little bit of a sour bite. And then other than that, it's like, a, I don't know, Shiner is probably, probably a little stronger than a Shiner. It's a stout, but it's not like, it's cool I'll because check the it stout out in November. The stout flavor is not overwhelming, nor is the sour. They really pair well together. It's really good. I like that. Excellent. Some place out of Austin. I can't remember the name. I got two more in the fridge. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, should be good. Also, we're getting a cold front this week weekend. We're taking the kids camping at Caddo Lake for their fall break. Sweet temperatures, dude, are supposed to be in the fifties, which I don't even remember what that's like. Uh, have you ever been to Caddo? One time, yeah. We all lived it's down. Cool. It's the only uh, natural lake in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So did you go out there when you lived in Texarkana or something? No, we went out there for we rented a house for my. Uh, Middle Brothers Bachelor Party. I've never been. It's one of the things that I'd really like to go check out. All those cool beautiful cypress stumps. Yeah, everywhere. cypress trees. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're going to rent canoes and stuff. Should be cool. Are there gators in there? There's got to be gators oh, in there. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Looks like yeah. a swampy gator country for sure. If you stick your finger in the water and you're in Florida, there's effing gators in it. You ever saw yeah. that video from that dude? I don't know what you're talking about. But. He goes, it's this fishing guide. He goes, people always ask me, you know, are there gators in the water that I swim in in Florida? And he goes, uh, an old Indian once told me, you lick your finger and you stick your finger in the water. And if the water's wet, there's effing gators in it because it's Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. East Texas. Yep. Lots of gators. Um, do you know who Colin Alred is? Al Alan Al, Alred Alred Alred. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it, but I have uh, no he context. is the congressman who's running against Ted Cruz in twenty twenty four Democrat, and uh, you know he voted this past week to defund securing the Texas border with federal funding. Yeah. 
We have obviously immigration stuff to talk about today because you defund. Wait, what? Meaning, meaning there was stuff in the federal. It was some, I don't know, bill, part of a bill, and funding border security in Texas was part of it, and he voted against it. So a Texan voting against securing our own border. Do you think that uh, could be campaign suicide? I don't think his campaign. I mean, it, it was it was dead on arrival. It was, it was, it was not. Yeah, a living... yeah, yeah. You say that, but I mean, the the whole Beto campaign was way Dude, too close. Beto was a perfect storm of people still pissed off at Cruz for not formally endorsing Trump from the 2016 election. That's mm-hmm. a fact. And being a little over, he was overexposed because he's not a super likable guy. Right, the big, the, the the single biggest factor in that race was that he didn't endorse Trump, and that pissed some conservatives off. And he still won by like four points. Mm-hmm. So, and then Beto got what a hundred million dollars at least from, you know, from Hollywood Soros. and yeah, and Soros, and he still lost. That it, it's all the factors are different now. Does Cruz, it change though? Because this guy's African American. No. Okay. No. Because you know why? Because a lot of, I, I would bet the majority of black men in Texas are probably about as frustrated with the border situation as you are. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. He'll get 100% um, of the black female population, 98.5% of the black female vote. Um, we'll I, I, I take that back. I bet he'll get 90. 90% of the black female vote, 40% of the overall female vote and then like all the men in Texas will vote for Cruz. And he'll lose. All right. Well, I hope that that's true. Dude, they, he doesn't they, have a what, chance in hell. One of the uh I forget which like poll it is, but they said that it was pr- a pretty safe bet that Cruz would win and that him and Tim Scott were like two that were you know possibly could flip but unlikely no i don't see they've been trying we've talked about this dude they've been trying to claim that texas is turning blue for 20 years yeah hasn't happened yet the last election was a landslide because if texas we all go dude every statewide election across the board in 2020 went for the conservative the republican candidate every single one they didn't win a single statewide office. None. I wish I wish John Cornyn's term was up though. We need to get rid of him. Zero. Yeah, that dude's screwed. He's terrible. You should primary him. I have mm, I don't Cable Smith for Senate. They would be they'd go through my social media and said he said the list would be just like the That's how you know you would win. All you have to do is say, I'm the guy. If you run against John Cornyn, all you have to do is say, I'm the guy who's for the guns. Yeah. You win. Uh, I think then th- that would like get in the way of hunting. I don't want to do that. Like I'd have to like go to Austin and DC and stuff. I won't do that crap. Fair enough. He needs to be voted out though. Yeah, he's the worst. Talking about a rhino cuck. Um, rhino cuck did, indeed. Did you? Well, you sent me that PDF, and we've talked a lot about immigration, and a lot of times you don't really want to talk about it. 
But you sent me that, so you do have a hot take on why. Uh, we talked about chaos last episode. And, you know, I think there's something to the fact that, yes, they would love to, you know, make them all citizens and then they'll vote for them. But that's certainly one component. But they don't really do honest elections anymore anyway. So chaos is the real reason. But uh, you found something more behind the scenes that that dates back to the early 2000s. Yeah. So take us there. Yeah. And it's funny because I had, I think I told you, I had heard the No Agenda guys share some of this before and then like forgot about it because they were, you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. But, and as we've discussed, it's not my, um, it's not my primary issue. Mm-hmm. Does not mean that I'm laissez faire about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think you've heard of this, this derogatory, dismissive phrase, the great replacement theory, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, so the left in this country and the media and you know their 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 media mouthpieces are using this phrase, the great replacement theory, as a you know y'all are racist uh, castigation of anybody who has a problem with immigration. Oh, all these white people are worried about being replaced. It's like, well, I guess you could say it that way. Um, but what do you even mean? Well, uh, I but would also say replaced like, is more lots like, of. I think the real thing is having their culture and way of life eroded. No, I'm. I mean, more like like jobs going mm-hmm. to people who are willing to work for pennies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, really, wor- so so. But my point is, it's it's not just it's not just white folks that are getting replaced in the job market by this immigration problem it's black folks it's other brown folks mm-hmm. so they they make it sound like it it was the concoction of like david duke or somebody from the clan right but the truth is it's an idea that was born from the united nations in march of 2001 is that what i told you mm-hmm. 2000 2001 a big study was released um replace <laughs> read read for the replacement for the migration yeah mm. that's the the name of the study from the population division department of economic and social affairs united nations secretariat march of 2000 march 21st of 2000 uh mm. the full title migration or i'm sorry replacement migration is it a solution to declining and aging populations? Question mark. So this 177 page document, although it's really not that long because it's printed in like four different languages. Yeah. So there's like what, maybe 20 or 30 pages or something like that of like English content. Um, they basically well put forward 23 years ago, going on 24 years ago that, Populations are declining, and they listed off eight Western, eight eight countries. They weren't all Western. There was the UK, the United States, France, Germany, Japan, and I don't know what three or us and like three others. And so they they have these charts and these statistics that were showing populations declining in each of those countries. Italy was on the list, um, but also the population aging because people aren't having as many kids. Right. Um, 
I don't know how prevalent this is. I tend to see it all to the time because of the stuff that I look at, but like, you know, the obviously a population to replace itself needs to be, you know, people need to be getting starting families and having at least two children, right? right. Then the two parents are being replaced by two children at a minimum, right? Well, I think our United States current, um, current, um, what would you call that? There's a growth rate. Yeah. Birth rate, I guess it's something like 1.7 or eight. Right. So it's already under two, but in places like Japan, it's been like one. How will the uh, trans community help buffer that stat out of curiosity? Yeah. It won't, (laughs) won't help trans. Yes. Sterilizing minor children will not help the situation. Huh. Um, yeah, that's neither weird. Neither avoiding them, aborting them by the millions. Also weird, huh? Um, so places like Italy, um, Japan, they have very pronounced problems in this regard because their societies have evolved to this weird place where they don't want to have children. They aren't starting families. Um, if they do have children, they only want to have one. Uh, pour all their resources into one versus spreading their resources thin with multiple, like you and I have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're, you know, 20 something years ago, they were facing what the UN called a population crisis. And that, that is a real thing. Like, um, this guy named Douglas Murray, who's this very brilliant, uh, British author who writes about this kind of stuff. He's got some great books that we should review sometime, but he's got one called, uh, the strange death of Europe. And it's about this whole migration thing. And it's about all of these. Uh, people coming in in their case like it's a lot of middle easterners right um middle eastern refugees coming in at the same time that that european native european birth rates are falling then you have these um you know middle easterners coming in and having big families and and so they're they're literally they are being replaced the 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 genealogical heritage of europe is being replaced by all these middle eastern immigrants um so they, they go through the conflict though like i'm just like yeah fly on the wall like okay middle easterners don't do the same don't do things the same way they don't value the same customs as european you know heritage and that creates conflict like you're dealing away with the country's culture good or bad or whatever it is love it or hate it doesn't matter but that creates animosity uh and well and like look at japan historically everyone looks like a japanese person and so you don't you don't really have and they also yeah, did you know there's so no you you, did you know you're not allowed to become a japanese citizen it's illegal it's legally impossible you must be japanese culturally japanese heritage to be japanese you don't so get you to, think you japanese people are putting illegal immigrants in trying to put them in uh Law enforcement positions? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think they're doing that. Yeah. So, so they so they break down declining birth rates and the increasing average age of these nations, and forecast out like where they'll be as their populations implode on themselves, and mm-hmm. they have like a kind of a multivariable analysis of like, all right, if there was no immigration, what would happen to this country? And all of them would in at some point in time implode. The United States incidentally had the least 
we were doing a better job of replacing our po- own population internally than these other countries that were being analyzed, but still and, declining, yeah. you know, declining growth rates. Um, then they say, all right, at the current level of immigration, what does that do to these declining population curves? And then what would it look like if we just brought a whole bunch of people in? Well, surprise, you can grow a population again. Uh, so that was basically the premise. It was like, yeah, we just need to open up the floodgates and let everybody in. I get what you're saying, but here's the problem. We outsource all of those jobs to China anyway. So why, how is that helping? I mean, what percentage of our manufacturing is takes place in China, Mexico, Taiwan, Hong Kong? I mean, there Vietnam. are all kinds of labor jobs, right? Like there's there's manufacturing, but there's all, we're the biggest agriculture producer on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. That's still a labor intensive job. Um, so to me, even this is still just a front rationale for the real objective. The UN, I, I think it's very fair and non-conspiratorial to say the UN fancies itself the one world government, right? Sure. Well, what do you need if you're going to have one government to rule? What's the what do you what do you think? Well, I, I won't put it as a question; it's too broad. One of the biggest problems I see in the United States that could very legitimately in our lifetimes lead to a breakup of our nation is. It's culturally diverse from region to region. Right. Which is why I think Japan, long game, has a better outlook than we do. It's in good shape. Because yeah. Japan, Japan you hate to say, is, well, being culturally diverse will be the end of you. But when you you have all these little pockets of subcultures and you start rubbing up against each other, it causes that friction. And ultimately... It's not sustainable. We've seen it's look at history. Like it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I've got a buddy who's you know a black guy from Louisiana, and we've had this conversation, and he agrees with me a hundred percent that he and I have way more in common than we do with our racial counterparts in Portland, Oregon. Sure. Like you take any white guy and any black guy in Portland, Oregon, and they're going to have more in common with each other than my buddy Damien and I are going to have with them. And we're going to have more in common with each other because it doesn't have anything to do with race. It has to do with geography. Texas and Louisiana border each other mm-hmm. and have a tremendous overlap culturally. Right? Yeah. And even despite that, Louisiana still totally has its own thing going on. We're like we're like cousins or brothers or something like that, right? It's like mm-hmm. there's, there's still a, there's a Texas culture and there's a Louisiana culture, right? There's a Gulf Coast culture, I would argue. Yeah. Right, which pro- which Definitely. I would say, like someone in Beaumont, Texas, is probably pretty culturally aligned with someone in, you know, Lake Charles, yeah, or yeah. Shreveport, or you know, right, but whatever. but 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 also probably fairly distinct from El Paso. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Beaumont is basically Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that, and that's you know. Proximity wise, that that makes sense, right? You start to get into that bayou swamp part of the world, and you know, there's lots of Thibodeaux and Boudreaux and all that kind of stuff, right? So, anyway, <clears throat> my point is like, look what the Romans did, right? Our whole faith, Christianity, um, 
Well, Roman Catholicism was was basically created by Emperor Constantine um, as a practice, as a religion. Uh, I shouldn't say a faith, but but as a as a practice of religion, right? To try to bring all of these pagan city states under one grand Roman Empire, right? Why why did he need to do that? Because you had to have commonality of culture on some level in order to rule everybody and make them all Roman, right? Right. From you know from from Turkey to you know England to to you know certain parts of Africa, you know, all over the you know the known world at the time, you had the Roman Empire, and it, without any thread to tie them all together, then all you had was a bunch of you know like never ending civil war, basically, because you had these city states rebelling tribal for the states, right? Just, yeah, right. So, so that's why things like the date of Christmas and Easter have actually pagan roots, right? we have no idea what day Jesus was actually born. And my, my sort of what I've actually started to call my rabbi, the guy I meet with on Wednesday mornings has pointed out that most likely Jesus was born about this time of the year during the fall festivals of the Jewish calendar based on, based on the, um, basically based on the prophecies of the Messiah. Like this is when he would have been born if the prophecies are correct. And, you have to believe that the prophecies of the Messiah are correct because that's how you know he was the Messiah, right? Mm. So anyway, <clears throat> there were little things like that that were woven into into you know the earliest form of Christianity being Catholicism to give touch points to those pagans so they could connect their old ways with the new way, right? Uh, but the point is, you had blended multiple cultures into a more homogenous uh sort of single culture not that there still wasn't a difference between you know a roman person from rome and i don't know somebody from germany at the time so right. what's so what's changed because you go back to i mean we've always had immigration in this country i mean that's how this country was founded right Right. Well, once I would upon say a time, the common thread is maybe God's not a part of it, whether you were Catholic or Protestant, like the entire society has devolved away from Christianity. And you look yeah, at when our for, parents grew up, even though we had all, you know, we still were a melting pot of immigration then, historically always have been. But now you take that one common denominator out of the equation and mix all these cultures and religions together. And this is what you get after 200 years, like a country that's never been more divided. Yeah, but it, it wasn't, it, it was, I mean, in our lifetimes, for sure in our parents' lifetimes, it was a given that if you moved here, you assimilated into American culture, right? Maybe you kept a little bit of your Italian roots, your Mexican roots, whatever it might be, right? But I think for Japan the most part, has multi-language signs up, like on their subway system. I think it's all just Japanese. I think they have some English, due to you know mostly business travel. But for the most part, it's if they have another language, it's like Japanese and English. I would think that'd be it. I, I don't. I don't. I've never been to Japan. I mean, but. 
you know, you, you can hear stories of people migrating here in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and like parents of migrant children demanding, like, you're going to, you're going to lose your accent. You're going to learn this language. Right. And, you know, insisting like we are Americans now. Right. So do you think AOC had it right? Let, let me play you this. This is this just comes in perfectly with this conversation. This was uh, the brilliance of the New York Congresswoman. Last when it comes to people coming to New York City today are nothing. Cut the red flags. Nothing compared to the daily amounts of people that we saw coming in from through Ellis Island in the first half of this century. You're seeing, you know, more than a million immigrants that passed through Ellis Island between 1892 and 1954. And we had seen just huge numbers of people coming in per day that had that far eclipsed um far eclipsed what we're seeing right now so she said 12 million immigrants between 1892 and 1954 you know that's great they actually had a place to put those immigrants back then and i thought it was actually pretty funny that she talked about it all being in this century and then she went into uh describing the 19th 20th century comparing them to it was actually three centuries that she lumped into her claim yeah she's a bartender and an actress hmm She's an actress? When did she get that? I never saw that as part of her title. She's but. acting. Uh, oh, yeah, a politician. Uh, and okay. I'm not even joking. All right, let's see yeah. if I can look it up real quick. But yeah, so you had 12 million immigrants over a 60-year period she was referencing when the city was, you know, still had room to be built out to provide housing and jobs for the immigrants. And she's comparing it to New York City in 2023, where there is no place to put the immigrants. No, literally no place to put them, which is why it's causing a problem, and New Yorkers are pissed. <clears throat> yeah. They, going back to what, how Rudy Giuliani got elected as governor, a conservative governor in a liberal cesspool of a... Well, I mean, New York City controls the entire vote for the state, so yeah. See what happens, but New Yorkers aren't. Well, so 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 the UN wants to be the the global global government, right? Mm -hmm. And these globalists undeniably want one world governance. How do you have one world governance if you still have a whole bunch of tribal nationalistic factions like Americans, Japanese, Germans, uh, Dutch, Swedes, Canadians, Mexicans? right you can't so what you have to do is eliminate culture by becoming multicultural multiculti right mm -hmm. that's what this agenda is all about let's blend all of these societies up together so much so that there is no distinction anymore between america and say central america the united states of america and central america Right. Throw it all in a so big So on the blender. surface, that doesn't sound like such a bad thing, right? Like, oh, well, we could all just get along and live in this utopian society. Why is that a problem? It sounds, it sounds perfect if you, you can pull it off. Sure. Mm. Just like communism. Sounds great. If everybody can, you know, provide to the commune uh, from their gifts and skills and only take back what they need. It's, it, it sounds, 
Well, does it sound racist to say from that, each according to his know, abilities to each according to his needs? I mean, that's a great idea, but it'll never work because it's never worked. People want yeah, well, to be leftists, with people like themselves, generally speaking. Leftists don't believe in truth, and so they refuse to acknowledge the fact that human nature is is inherently and like irreconcilably broken and flawed without God. Right? And instead of, but but that's why leftism is a religion. Um, uh, James um, James Lindsay, who I've talked about before, who has this new discourses podcast. He's the guy who, with those other two professors, made up all those fake studies that they got published. Right. Right. He talks. He reads from the texts of these Marxists extensively, and they admit that left that that, that socialism is. A religious, a religion. It is, you know, it's a belief that you can engineer perfect man, the perfect socialist man who thinks only of others and never of himself and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you put it like that, maybe uh, it sounds like Jesus was a socialist, always thinking of others, never of himself. Um, Hmm. It's a weird one. Yeah. Um he didn't f- force you to uh that practice at gunpoint? Well, the, in the yeah, That's the difference is Jesus wasn't difference. the government. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's but but that's also why I think when we've talked about how liberals left us um Make the distinction. They are coming from a place of compassion a lot of times, right? But it's where they get confused is just because you're being compassionate doesn't mean you get to turn a blind eye to truth. And the the truth is what they don't want to acknowledge. And we've talked about it until we're blue in the face. Like it's not that they don't even want to acknowledge it, dude. That they no, they don't want to acknowledge it. Like, they don't want to acknowledge thing. that the vaccines duped them. Like they were totally lied to. They don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge that a boy will all um, will always be a boy. No well, those are the what. useful idiots, right? <clears throat> right. But that's the difference between the useful useful idiots that are that don't even realize that they've been like conscripted by the left and the leftists who believe it as matters of faith. Right. Like I was listening to a leftist on a podcast yesterday explaining how imperative it is that we get everyone to understand the threat of climate change um, and how we have a lot of work to do in this regard because we weren't even able to get every human being in the world vaccinated. (laughs) We now know and understand that we're only as healthy as our neighbor and only as healthy as the people in the next town over or the next state over, or even half a world away. And the reason that we're all still dealing with all this is because we didn't get 100% of the 9 billion people on the planet vaccinated. Had we, we saw a poll this week all be that fine. said 54% of American adults would unequivocally not take any new COVID vaccine. How many? 54%. And I thought, and I thought that's pretty damn low. Yeah, I don't even believe it. If only just above half the population would say, yeah, we're not doing that again. But the rest, the other 46% would be like, 
Yeah, sure. And but it was skewed. I mean, most of the people that said they would take the vaccine again were senior citizens, and they were Democrats. Right. Keep keep that in mind. If you took a and, poll you know even of, even the way the question is worded, like you know, you always got to parse the, when you hear yeah. these polls and statistics. You really have to look at the question that was asked. If you took if you took middle, let's just say twenty five to fifty, I bet the percentage would be skewed more like. 70 percent would be like hell no we're not probably more that. than probably more than that yeah but you know if the question was i think you put it as it was just adults that's all that's how they quantified it well i know like but the question that was asked was something like would you take any potential covid vaccine ever again or New something COVID, like that? yeah the, the latest covid vaccine for the next yeah, i mean of course. listen dude there's a chance they could come up with a tech you know they could revert back to traditional vaccine technology and have something that was proven safe over a matter of years and maybe i would take that shot it's kind of like you take a flu shot but they're still chasing they're still chasing the dragon for the record right? for, for the record Dude, but oh we had a breakthrough at our house i told aaron i said i don't want my kids to get a flu shot this year and she goes they haven't had one in two years anyway <laughs> so she's like cool i don't but you know when the kids just go to the get their checkup it's like time for your flu shot and they just give it to right. them I'm like, I don't want to. She's like, don't worry about it. They haven't had one in two years, so we're good. My point is just like, if the question was asked open-ended, like any potential shot they could ever come up with, I could see 46%, especially when you break it down you know, demographically by age, et cetera. Sure. You know, mm. but if you said, will you take an mRNA booster? I want to know what that number looks like. Even some of the wokesters ain't doing that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, did you see, are, are we good to change topics a little bit here or is there anything else? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the great replacement theory was actually a UN concoction 23 years ago and nobody should be surprised. And now you're a racist. If you point it out hmm. like, um, all other leftist projection. And so we're going to come up with this terrible idea to sum it up. Um, we're all screwed. Like, this country is going to break apart because of the multicultural aspect is just it, it won't survive. We're going to have there. something called the World Economic Forum. And the guy who founded it is going to write a book called The Great Reset. And then two years after he writes it, if you say this is all part of The Great Reset, we're going to call you a conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as this. You're now a racist conspiracy theorist if you just point out the fact that the UN called for this 23 and a half years ago. <laughs> um, so that's a conspiracy. It's 23 no. years in the making. A racist conspiracy. Right, right. Which, I mean, that's almost redundant, right? Because all conspiracy theories are somehow racist. Because mm -hmm. everything's racist. That is the ultimate Trump card. Speaking of that, did you see that Ibram X. Kendi's, um, his little, uh, his little program at Boston University is under investigation? Uh-uh, no. You know who that is? Well, I know who Ibram X. Kendi is, yes. Right. Quick recap. Ibram X. Kendi is the guy who wrote How to Be, who wrote how to be an Anti-Racist. Mm-hmm. In which he says that the only cure for past discrimination is present discrimination, and the only cure for present discrimination is future discrimination. In other words, anti-racism is simply reverse racism, and he doesn't hide that. And when he tries to define the word racism, he uses the word racism three times in his definition because he's an effing moron. He's literally like not people smart. That are trying to define he's very fucking is. dumb. Excuse me. He's very dumb. But because of George Floyd, somebody gave him like a hundred million dollars to start a new anti-racist, uh, you know, program at Boston University. 
he got it off the ground. Um, never did any work, never did any research, never did anything but hire a bunch of people and then took a six month sabbatical. And when he got from back from his six month sabbatical, he laid a bunch of people of color off and now he's under investigation. It sounds because he had no, like, he was going to have layoffs. Uh, they were going to be people of color. Cause as far as I know, there's not a white person in the, in the program. It kind of mirrors BLM. Like <laughs> we took a bunch of money. Wait, and then, wait. And then we bought a mansion, saying, AKA six months sabbatical. Are you saying some of these people might be race hustlers and grifters? <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. Yeah. They're super uh, genuine. So um, we had a notif- not- uh, notable death since the last time we recorded. Old uh, the great Diane. Feinstein kicked the bucket at 90 years old. Yep. The old bag finally went out. Dude, I have no... I mean, she's rotting in hell right now. There's no doubt about that. So, bye. Good riddance to you. you I listened to this awesome audio where um, this group was trying to convince her. They had a bunch of school children. They were trying to Mm -hmm. convince her to vote for the Green New Deal. And she's like, we don't have the money, and it doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't work. You'd probably be surprised um, at some of the positions that she took as a senator, to be honest with you. Um, she's probably not a full-blown, wild-ass leftist like what she we have now. has certainly had time to flip-flop dozens this, of times so, in her so this, this girl, 60-year career, whatever it is. Th- this girl that you listen to and you think she must be the teacher because she sounds like an adult, she's saying, you know, we voted for you to do to pat to to save us from from this climate change. And she goes, "How old are you?" And the girl goes, "I'm 16." She goes, "Okay, you didn't vote for me because you can't vote." She's like, "Well, <laughs> right, I can't, but you know, but but our our state did." It was hilarious. Nice. She worked them over. Um, it was just so gross, dude. They had these brainwashed children saying that we only have 12 years and then we're all doomed, and it was really bad. It was like Greta Thornburg had been teaching them. Yeah. But yeah, so she's dead and she's been replaced with can you guess who? A black lesbian lady? Nailed it. Uh her name is LaFonza Butler. And she was Gavin Newsom's uh well, you know, she checked the boxes, Chisholm. Black woman, gay, got all three boxes there. Check, check, check. No thought paid to actual merits or accomplishments. Competence, uh, competence, yeah. none, none of it. Just check the box. It's the same thing as our vice president, minus the gay. And she ha- here's the crazy thing: she ain't even lived in California in two years. She's living in Maryland. She didn't even get her mail. Like she lives in Maryland and has not lived wow. in California for two years. I did not know that part. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yikes, dude. California isn't even her. She hated California so much. She got the hell out of there two years ago. She saw the chaos and was like, I'm bouncing. But Gavin brought her back. Yeah, apparently yeah, she's amazing. pretty scary. I mean, too. I guess it kind of makes sense. Maryland's a lot closer. You know, DC overlaps into Maryland. So speaking of DC, <laughs> hmm? speaking where do you think of, that a US senator is going to do their job? Well, now she can move to DC, but she wasn't right. before that. Uh, but speaking of. DC. Yeah, they saved on relocation. That's what I'm saying. Jamal Brown. <laughs> Talk about him. Bo- I think his name is Bowman. 
Oh, Bowman. Oh, yeah, Bowman. I have, can't even read my own chicken scratch here. So where, where's that dude from? He's a congressman from where? I didn't catch it. The article I looked at about it didn't uh, see. So in the ultimate temper tantrum that you could ever throw in the halls of Congress, a vote isn't going your way, Mr. Brown Bowman, whatever. <laughs> and you pull the fi- he pulled the fire alarm, Chisholm. Have right. you seen New him York. try to crawfish out of this thing? New York's 16th congressional district. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do you know, so what was the context as far as the vote that wasn't quote going his way? What was he, they were doing a whole bunch of votes on spending. Mm. What was he trying to thwart? Do you know? I, I don't even know the context. It's not, not really that. clear. Mm-mm. All I know is he pulled the fire alarm to, end the vote early and then said he was just trying to get out of the building right didn't know what he would do he said he's on film though yeah he just didn't know what that thing did he said <laughs> these he are smart people open the they door. Are, he didn't know well, it was going to create a, an alarm even though it says hmm. fire alarm on it so going back to maybe he can't read no, he was an educator prior to becoming a congressperson so you know he's not very bright yeah so Sorry he's a career indoctrinator is what you're saying, teachers. not educator. Um, so the Republicans are trying to get him expelled like immediately. Like we're we're kicking you out of Congress for this insidious act. Unprecedented. Like it's it's mind blowing, really, when you think about it. An adult pulled a fire alarm to try to thwart the government from doing its job and conducting a vote. Dude, so this is an axios. Democrat staffers were transfixed and bewildered by a messaging memo that Bowman's office sent out on Monday afternoon before restricting access to it seven minutes later. The memo, a copy of which was obtained by Axios, included a list of nine suggested talking points, including, quote, I believe Congressman Bowman when he says this was an accident. Republicans need to focus, instead focus their energy on the Nazi members of their party before anything else. Oh, okay. Uh, dude, Let's hold talk on. About- I gotta, I gotta look at some more of these talking points. Dude, this—that is the classic. Just the talking points. Deflection. It is an extreme reach on the part of MAGA Republicans to assert that Rep. Bowman intended to harm or destruct anyone or thing. The exact opposite is true. He was trying to do his job. These, these are these are literally this is a bullet list in a memo that he provided out through a Google document and then tried to take down when even his own people were like, "What the f are you thinking?" So Look, Jake if Tapper you've been interviewed AOC on CNN and he was so confused by her her response was, "I think she might have read the bullet points, like <laughs> got a hold of that," and he was like, "I don't, I don't understand." Right? He goes, "So you pull a fire alarm?" Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Look, if you've been in the Capitol complex on a weekend, you'd know there's only one or two ways to get in and out, and it causes confusion for staffers and members alike. But because of last-minute votes caused by Republican incompetence and surprise bill drop, not all and surprise bill drop, not all exits were staffed like usual, and the signage made it even more confusing. So, going back to the thing that he did, pulling the fire alarm, is what your response is. Doesn't make sense, and he should be expelled, but will he be held accountable for his actions? That huh. is the question, because this they is, never this, are held accountable. This is a good one. 
Voting doesn't occur in the Cannon House office building. It only occurs in the Capitol. The alarm going off didn't interrupt our business on the floor today in the slightest. So okay, it doesn't well, matter you, that it was in the building a, across isn't the street. Pulling a fire alarm. Like what level of crime is it? Is that a felony? If there's probably not a felony. No fire. Okay. Do you think anything will happen to the dude? House Republicans are obviously trying to distract from the fact that they cannot govern and that they nearly shut down the federal government for no reason. Will anything happen to him? Or because, well, and without sounding racist, but is it because he's black that you can't (laughs) expel him? I got two more. There are multiple insurrectionist supporters in Congress and more who supported a coup and support Trump's big lie. That's what oh they should God. be focused on. Instead, their focus on Rep Bowman is an attempt to minimize January 6th. They're they're just drawing at straws here, dude. Like I know that we're focused on preventing a government shutdown and working towards ensuring everyone has childcare, food on the table, and the ability to thrive. Uh to answer your question, will he be disciplined? Yeah, he'll get a slap on the wrist. Mm. All right. Um, I'm almost out of time. Let's run through a couple quick hits here. Nothing will happen to Jamal Bowman. I agree with you. Um, I, I think I sent you this clip, or I actually I paraphrased it for you. So here is uh, what we're focused on in California. And the scary thing is this dude has a legitimate chance at ending up in the White House. Here is uh, Governor Newsom. It's a hell of a thing. You're talking about about 1% of the population. Climate change, it's impact 100% of the population wasn't even brought up. And we're talking about trans issues. Here in California, this talking, is an issue. This is a front issue for parents. This is a front and center issue. Why is it for parents? It's the great, it's the great, this is one of the greatest distractions. It's classic. 1% of the population in the United States, these kids just want to live. I just can't kids just All right, so the reporter asked him, uh, tell me about the new law that you just signed, the bill that you just signed that prevents California parents from knowing if their child is transitioning at school. And his response, classic leftist deflection, you're worried about trans kids? We should be talking about climate change. Dude. He might be the Antichrist. He is so bad. So godless. I don't know. If that dude becomes president, I don't even know if anything matters anymore. Yeah. Um, you sent me pictures of him. He looks kind of like, you know, Satan. The Joker. Yeah, yeah he looks a lot like the Joker. Um, also, Jay, uh, is it... Um, Bateman is it Jason ba- Jason Bateman's an actor right what's the mm-hmm. name of the Bateman guy character from American Psycho oh yeah uh that's uh Christian Bale right yeah his last name is uh, yeah, Bateman American Psycho yeah uh yeah I mean there are some pictures of him where if you can't see a demon in there you are spiritually dead um he's a bad person he's doing evil work well just think about the law they just passed yeah uh, We've talked about this on the show many times. They're not your kids. They are our kids. It's funny that he rounds what what used to be. He rounds what used to be, if I'm not mistaken, do you remember it was like 0.0003% of the population up to one? Mm -hmm. 
Now it's 1% of the population. And the kids just want to live. You know what I think the kids want to do? I think they want to live in their natural body, but you have corrupted them into thinking they are something that they aren't and can never be. And in 20 years, we're all going to be paying a horrific price for what you've done to these kids and what it's done to society. Think about it. They're going to make mental institutions great again because they are going to be full of these kiddos. Did we talk last week about the fact that he actually vetoed a, a, a bill that was passed by the Congress in California that would have allowed, so in um, child custody proceedings, mm-hmm. they they had passed a bill where if one of the parents was against their child's transitioning, that that would be a factor to be discussed and assessed by a judge in uh, in uh, yeah, I've heard about custody that. hearings, uh-huh. and he actually vetoed that. Shocker. Um, so this is all part of a very scripted plan. I think it, I think if, if there's a silver lining for this one, you know me and my reasons for optimism. If there's a silver lining here, it is that clearly the polling on this issue says we need to try to shift this narrative. Like I think I think that the fact that Gavin Newsom it's is so starting to wilt on this is the best evidence we have yet. Hmm? He's not wilting. He just doubled down on that and deflected to climate change. And he just signed that or just uh, vetoed that bill the other day. It's not wilting. Yeah. Okay. You understand that the bill he vetoed means that now a judge cannot take your child away. If you disagree with them being transitioned, that was protecting oh, dude, I parents. Thought you, rights. Okay. I thought no, he was, sorry. he he was, the bill was trying to make it where a judge had to consider that in deciding whether or not you got to see your kid. Well, if I'll you be were damned. Not. I'm actually shocked that he didn't sign that immediately. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm trying to tell you. The okay. only reason he didn't is because of how unpopular this issue is and that the tide is turning rapidly the other direction. Americans are sick of it. Americans are onto it. Americans know what is going down now. Mm. And he, as the avatar of you know, the left, in terms, certainly in terms of who they want to be the next president right now, is having to roll with the tide. Right. Mm-hmm. So he went from one of the great champions of transitioning and mutilating children to why are we even talking about this? This isn't that big of a deal. It's not very many people. We should be oh, talking about in the climate same change. breath. He's climate like, change. Oh, you're talking about, you know, trans kids. Let's talk about climate change. Right. Well, that's still a, you know, a winning issue for them at the moment. Right. But th- that's my point. Right. Is that all I want to talk about is climate change. I don't want to talk about trans stuff anymore. But dude, for like the last five years, it was trans, 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 trans. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, we don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's just climate change. I mean, think about this. What else do they talk about now? No, it's, it's all climate it's change. All climate change. All the time. Sprinkle in a little trans LTBQ or whatever the hell it is. Right, but they're they're pivoting away from that, right? I mean, it even even unpopular. this summer's Pride events, like major Fortune 500 companies, were laying down their rainbow flags. Right. That's this is a. This is a good sign when the new standard bearer of the Democratic Party is vetoing right, you know, bills that would adversely affect parental rights if they disagree with mutilating their children. And I listen, I'm not all he is is a mouthpiece, hmm. right? He's still a demon. But even the devil will give up a little ground for what he considers, you know, for his grand mission, right? This dude is, he doesn't, I don't think he believes anything that he says. All he wants is power. 
Man, I wish I'd have pulled it. There's this amazing audio clip that the No Agenda guys played a couple episodes ago about the history of power and politics in California. There's literally like four families that are all related that have been running the state of California for 50 years. Hmm. So, you know, Newsom is like Nancy Pelosi's like nephew, right? I no, yep. I didn't know they were related. They're related. Huh. Yep. And they're related to Governor Brown. Um, you know who I'm talking about? So right before Newsom, there was Jerry Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know how long, how many times Jerry Brown is, do you know Jerry Brown was the governor of California in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. For 40-something years, 50-something years, that dude has been in and out of the governor's office. Hmm. The guy broke it down. Feinstein was on this list, too. Uh, She's somehow related to all of them. I mean, they basically have an oligarchy. With a little bit of uh, Schwarzenegger sprinkled in. Right. Well, I think Brown took back over from him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, while you, while you're queuing that up, um, got to wrap it up here shortly. But we do need to, have, I mean, obviously mention the fact that Matt Gates uh, brought the motion forward to remove Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. Uh, so that's the first time that's happened. I don't know if that's uh, good or bad for Republicans, but I imagine the Democrats will spin it as we're un- unorganized and, uh, you know, it'll, it's a bad look for us, even if it's the right thing to do. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't gone specifically to look at what Gates is saying about it, but just from my general recollection of of how he got elected in the first place as speaker. Remember really? what a big dramatic oh, yeah, S show that was, right? And they yeah. they put that poison pill in, I guess you might call it, where it only takes like five members of the House to uh, remove him, where before it took like a majority, which was a rule Nancy Pelosi. Remember, the left tried to spin it in the media as, look at how crazy the Republicans are. They're so di-. It's really funny, right, that the party of diversity marches in lockstep like a bunch of uh, Nazi soldiers. And the party of of anti-diversity, meaning the Republicans, are so diverse that they are willing to hang their uh, you know, speaker if he's a rhino that doesn't give them what they want. Sounds to me like, you know, you've got well, anyway. Well, we'll so, know more on that. We'll we'll talk more about that next week. It's fine. Um, because I'm sure that will continue to develop. Yeah, so they're they're taking him out because he continues to do deals with the Democrats to fund the government and fund specifically things that they don't want to see funded. You Ukraine. know, this, this, this cabal within the house Republican caucus that wants to see the deficit cut, that wants to see us get a balanced budget and all that stuff. They're not down with another dollar to Ukraine. They're not down with a dollar for climate change. They're not down for, you know, with a dollar for, you know, transitioning, you know, military personnel and all this other <laughs> stuff. Right. So like they're holding a couple weeks ago of the the lady boy who was getting her top surgery on your and my dime. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So he, you know, he f- sort of ramrod forced a, a what they call it's called a continuing resolution basically to continue funding the government. I think just like two more months or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So that was my next question. Government shutdown is in the headlines, potential shutdown. Is that good or bad for the Democrats when you consider the 2024 election cycle? 
probably on net helps the Democrats a little bit. Because they'll spin it as, look at what these Republicans did to us. Yeah, because because everybody who knows the truth of the situation, they could never persuade, right? You're talking about you're talking about low information independents who actually still go vote despite their low information status, right? They look at the Republicans shutting the government down and they think, well, that's just ridiculous. Mm. Some of you know, maybe fifty-two percent of them. I, I don't know the breakdown. I think some of them are probably still very much like, "Why? Well, well, we don't have any money anyway. I don't understand what we're talking about." But you know. I was supposed to go to the Grand Canyon this week. You know, a government shutdown would have closed the park. Right? Mm-hmm. There are things that are tangible that people can see if the government gets shut down for even just a day. And, yeah, the media machine had already wound up to blame everything on the Republicans, right? The stock market was going to slide. It's Republicans' fault. The, you know, can't go to the park. It's Republicans' fault, right? So, yeah, I think that among... Among moderate, middle of the road, reasonable humans that don't really understand what the what truly goes on, they're way more susceptible to the media manipulation machine than we are. Hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think that uh, shutting down the government will only help. In this but it world. sucks. I, it only still, helped a lot. They, they, I don't. They should. They should still do it. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's no different than the argument you and I were having about the whole abortion debacle right before 2020. You were like, they should kick this can down the road so they can win in 2020. And then I was like, if we don't take a stand now, when do we take a stand? It's never a good time to make to do something that might be have adverse, the left can adverse. use to spin in a way that hurts your cause. Yeah. Because that's baked into the cake. That's a given. The left is going to spin it to make the Republicans look bad no matter what. So you either bow to their pressure continuously or you take a stand and you say, F you, we're going to do something important. We're going to do it right now. And we're going to take the slings and arrows that come with it. Which as men of faith and leaders, I think is important to do it regardless of the immediate fallout. Yep. Um, let's let, Let's end with a little bit of humor from our good friend here, who I think we both find hilarious, uh, Theo Vaughn. Oh, Barbie. People seeing Barbie movie. And somebody asked me, they said, hey, buddy, you seen Barbie? You seen Barbie movie? And I said, no, I haven't seen it because, well, I'm an adult male. And I'm not seeing Barbie movie because I'll tell you why I think it is for children or gay children. Or child gays or whatever. I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody. I do not know the terminology. <laughs> Look, when I was a child, if a man saw Barbie movie, then your mom was going to leave that man. <laughs> and that's how you got a stepdad. <laughs> oh, I love Theo Von, uh, dude. I do He's too, man. Weird. He's the best. Yeah. He's not messing around. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, it's funny how that dude right there is the most like goofy, like off the wall. Like you think like there's a genius to his humor because it's so out of 
control and and like it, it seems thoughtless but yet it makes you laugh right so you're like yeah. there's this dude's up to something it's almost like hypnosis that he's pulling off but then you know he sits and has two-hour conversations with jordan peterson and rfk jr yeah and keeps them like really actively engaged and you know he'll throw these ridiculous like analogies in there that like keep it light and keep it funny but also keep the conversation going he's a brilliant cat yeah. in a very weird way <laughs> very weird way but brilliant cat um so coming up uh next week we have to do these things we have to we have to really talk about what they're doing to russell brand and why fauci's latest uh there's a lot of stuff on coming out on the uh the well the um the trips to the fbi no it's the cia cia mm-hmm. office and the, just the lies piling up there and then i have some uh lights in the sky ufo stuff from the elk hunt that i didn't even tell you about yeah so we got a picture of it too it's crazy uh really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we'll talk about all of that oh, uh, coming yeah, up i'm interested in that next week that's going to do it for episode 142 of justified pursuit uh, this time next week also one of us will be wearing our rangers or astros cap we'll see who it is because all of the stuff that's happened up to this point doesn't matter clean slate baby rangers are in the playoffs uh, for chisholm cook i'm cable smith thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys next time better wrap them up in five you don't want if to you wonder where my heart is when i'm out on the road lord I try it at home i lift it on it just for you to hold and if you wonder how i'm doing know that i am doing fine but i wish i was in virginia on the Russell County line.